morning to you. <clears throat> Good morning to you. We're in John chapter 13 today. <clears throat> Gonna give you just a minute or two to um, get online. I know some of you watch live in the mornings. Uh, some will come back later and watch. I always want to say hello to my friends in the Philippines. It's a 12 hour time difference. So it's 8 p.m. In Philippines right now, and some of you are prepared. Oh, I see you. I see you watching. You're supposed to be at work, but you're watching. Uh, sorry, Jesus, so forgive you. <clears throat> so, uh, welcome to my Philippine friends, uh, American friends. At uh, Celebration Church, we've been reading through the Gospel of John. Today, we're in John chapter 13. And I just I had just been coming in the mornings and giving you like a, a brief encouragement from the Scripture. <clears throat> Now, this is a little caveat for you. When you get to John 13, man, it is absolutely slammed, jam-packed with golden nuggets. There's no way I can do a 10, 15, 20, 30-minute devotional video and tap into all the golden nuggets in John chapter 13. So I want to encourage you to go back sometime today and read that and see what the Lord shows you, just like uh, he shows me some things. I do want to give you another encouragement. Keep a journal with you. And as you're reading the scripture and praying over them, just write it down. So John chapter 13 is uh, is a transitional chapter when you're reading the Gospel of John. Uh, to this point, um, basically, well, John began, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he doesn't really give a lot of detail about the life of Jesus until Jesus moves into his ministry. So by the time you get to um, uh, the time Jesus' ministry starts and, and the gospel writers start recording that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about three or three and a half years have passed. So when you get to John chapter 13, this is the very night before Jesus was crucified. This is the night of his betrayal. So it's very interesting. John, the first 16 chapters cover about, you know, uh, Jesus's life for 30, 33 years, focusing more on the last three years, okay? So 16 chapters. Then chapter 17, 18, 19, I'm sorry, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, those five chapters are on one night. So basically 20% of the volume of John's gospel he spends in five chapters, and it begins in John chapter 13. This is like some deep truth that will encourage you, that will challenge you. Uh, remember, Jesus has already performed sign miracles. He performed signs to meet human need. He performed signs to teach spiritual lessons. He performed signs to uh, display or put his deity on display. Seven times he has said, I am. Seven times he's declared, I am God, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the good shepherd, I am the door, I'm the resurrection of life, I am the um, um, the way, the truth, and the life is coming up in John 14, and I am the true vine is coming up in John 15. So five times he's already declared through I am's, I am God. Remember, that's why they're trying to kill him. They're trying to execute Jesus because he has the audacity to, hey, Greg, he has the audacity to declare he is God. So when you get to John 13, 
John moves in describing the last night of Jesus. And this is a very familiar passage to you. John 13, 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. So it says here that Jesus knew his hour was come. Now, if you've been paying attention to the Gospel of John, and I know you have been, sometimes like they'll come to take Jesus and he'll just disappear into the crowd. And it will say, because his hour was not yet come. Sometimes in this and the other Gospels, people would want him to do something. And Jesus would make the statement, my hour is not yet come. The hour of Jesus, remember we talked about yesterday, his purpose was to seek and to save that which was lost. His purpose, his mission from his birth through his life was to get to the cross. So now Jesus knows that his hour has come. Sometimes the gospel writers call it his time. Like Jesus knew the time was here. Um, if you've been planning for a trip or career change or something, and you're looking forward to the day that it happens or the launch or whatever it might be. And just before that happens, you might say to yourself, man, the time has come. The hour has come. All the preparation, all the plans, the time is here. So in John 13, it begins by saying Jesus knew that his hour was come. And then it says, um, it says he knew that he would depart out of this world. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Then after supper was over, Jesus rises up and he uh, girds himself with a towel, goes to the water basin. Uh, hey, Rosie. And he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. And you remember that, right? He's washing the disciples' feet. He gets to Simon Peter and Simon Peter goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to wash my feet. And then go back and study it sometime. And then, and then what Jesus says is, um, well, if I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. And Peter goes, whoa, in that case, just give me a bath, like head to toe, give me a bath. Not just my feet, everything. And then Jesus says, no, no, no. He that has been washed, in the Greek, that means basically has a bath. He has been washed, you've had a bath, only needs to wash his feet. And, the, and that Greek word is nipto, N-I-P-T-O, which means to wash a particular part of the body. So here's what Jesus is saying. If you've been washed, that represents salvation. Have you been saved? Most of you have that are watching. Have you been saved? Then you've been washed. We sing that song, Are you washed in the blood? You've been washed. Jesus has washed you. But if you be honest, when you're walking around in daily life, our feet get dirty. Our spiritual feet get dirty. Sometimes spiritually, we uh, we say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't say. The Bible calls that sin. So what Jesus is saying is in your spiritual journey, you're going to walk around and your feet get dirty. You don't have to wash again. Oh, listen to me. You don't have to get saved again. You don't have to. Man, when I was growing up, I bet I got saved 50 times. <laughs> Not really. I'd do something wrong. I would sin and feel like I need to get saved again. So I would pray, God, if I'm not saved, Jesus, just save me. No, I got saved when I was nine. But when I was walking around in life, my feet got dirty. All I needed to do was wash my feet. I promise I didn't mean to talk about this right now. I was going in a different direction. I just need to get my feet washed. That's what Jesus is telling Simon Peter. No, you're my follower. You don't have to get a full bath every time you get your feet dirty. You do need to get your feet clean, though. So spiritually, Jesus is teaching that lesson. And then he he washes her feet. So here are, are, are three ideas that I jotted down that I want to give to you 
uh, as you're reading through John 13. And then like it's, it's just packed after the washing of the feet of the disciples all the way into John 14 tomorrow. So number one, in this washing of the disciples' feet, number one, love is the lesson. Love is the lesson. The Bible says that Jesus knew he was going away and having loved his own unto the end. Now, some Bible scholars say that it means he loved him to the end of his life. Well, I, I studied that out a few years ago because my heart just what I'm going, no, it's got to mean more than that. And you know what? It does mean more than that. It does mean he loved them to the end of his life and he loved them to the end of their lives. And that gives me hope. Jesus loved me to the end of his life and Jesus loves me to the end of his life. And then he rose again. He loved them to the end. It means what it says. As far as, as, far as love can love, Jesus loved his disciples. You hear that? Are you his disciple? As far as love can love, Jesus loves you. Love is the lesson. It says, as far as love can love, Jesus loved him. And then <clears throat> he goes on that very same night, <clears throat> just not long after this, in John 15, he says, no greater love can a man have than this. Then he lays down his life for his friends. And then he went out the next day and laid down his life for his friends. That's how much Jesus loves his friends. So much he loves you. So much he loves me. So love is a lesson. Number two, ministry is the mandate. Ministry is the mandate. Ministry is the mandate. Are you a follower of Jesus? <clears throat> Are you a disciple of Christ? Are you a believer in Jesus? <clears throat> ministry is a mandate. Because Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And then Jesus says, if I have done this to you, you ought also to do it to one another. Boy, did you see that? Jesus taught them a lesson. He taught them a lesson on serving. Someone should have washed everybody's feet when they came in the, the room that night, but no one did. Apparently the servant of the house probably wasn't there and <clears throat> everybody knew it was customary, like all those followers of his knew it was customary because your feet get all dirty and stanky, you know, walking around in sandals, you know, in those dirty streets and everything. Nobody served, but Jesus served. Now, earlier, Jesus taught him a lesson. Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to, to be served. He came to serve. When they're fighting about who is going to be first in the kingdom, Jesus goes, no, no, no. In the kingdom, the last shall be first. And he goes like, even the Son of Man did not come for you to serve me. I came to serve you. So the last night of his life, Jesus became humble like a servant, the lowly servant in the household, washed their feet. And then he said, if I've done this to you, you ought to do it to one another. Now, people take that and they have foot washing services. And I, I'm not against that. I've been a part two or three, four times in my life of washing your feet. And it's very, it's very moving. It's very humbling. Uh, it's very, um, very moving. Um, but he was not instituting like an ordinance in the church. What he was saying is, if I've served you, certainly you ought to serve one another. So are you serving today? Are you, I hear this a lot from people that get older, like my age and older. Well, I've been serving all my life and I'm going to let them young folks serve not now. Heck no. You're buying into the, you're buying, you're allowing the world to creep into the church. You're allowing the world to creep into your life. If you're a follower of Jesus till the day you die, you serve. Isn't that what Jesus did? To the moment he died. Oh, bam. To the moment he died. He served. So ministry is the mandate. We've all been called to serve. Find an area and serve. 
in your church, out of your church, in the community, out in the world. And then um, the third lesson I got to look down and read. The third lesson I wrote down. Oh, refreshment is the result. Refreshment is the result. Now, it doesn't explicitly say this. But you can imagine it's probably been a long day and they're all tired and they come in for supper and um, uh, nobody washes their feet. And here comes Jesus and Jesus stoops down and takes that cool, refreshing water, removes their sandals, puts their feet probably in that water basin and, you know, splashes the water on it, takes her feet out and pats her feet dry. I'm just imagining how it might have been. Can't you imagine how refreshing that was? Can't you imagine if your feet... You've been all, you're talking about, you've been, this wasn't a pedicure, but women, you know how it feels when you go for a pedicure, and now some dudes go for a pedicure. So dudes, remember how it is you go for that pedicure, your feet are just tired, and next thing you know, you're refreshed. Well, it's kind of, kind of somewhat like that. Can't you just imagine how refreshed they were? Yeah, watch this. Love is the lesson. Jesus said we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. He already said that back in Matthew 12. Okay. Then Jesus just said that ministry is a mandate. If I've served you, you should serve one another. And the result is refreshing. When we serve other people, they are refreshed. Watch this, though. There's a spiritual phenomenon that happens. When we serve other people, not only are they refreshed, we're refreshed. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. I think it's verse 25. says, He that waters others... One translation says refreshes. He that waters others shall himself be watered. Whoa. He that refreshes others shall himself be refreshed. So I've, I've been in the ministry for, oh man, going on 36 years now, pastoring for, pastoring for 30 years now. And most of the time when people come to me like all down in the mully grubs, you know, and most of the time uh, there's legitimate reasons that people get discouraged. I'm not saying that, okay? I, I have to fight discouragement myself. It's a it's a, kind of like a daily battle to encourage yourself. Lord, I, I get all that. But the people that get at that spot and they get discouraged and they stay there, most of the time their focus is on themselves, their situation, and not really on Jesus and others. So one of the things I regularly do, if someone needs to be refreshed themselves, I encourage them to go refresh somebody else. Remember what Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if I sow refreshment, guess what I'm going to reap? I'm going to reap refreshment. If I sow bitterness, guess what I'm going to reap? I'm going to reap animosity and hatred. If I sow to the Spirit, guess what I'm going to reap? I'm going to reap life. Hey, coach, if I sow to the flesh, guess what I'm going to reap? I'm going to reap the flesh. So remember, love is the lesson. Jesus loved them. And Jesus told us to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Number two, ministry is the mandate. If I've washed your feet, you should wash other people's feet. And number three, refreshment was the result. So listen to me. Go find somebody's feet to wash today. Whoa, you telling me to wash somebody's feet? Yeah, like it, it may be real physical feet, but it might be an encouraging word. It might be buying somebody's lunch. It might be praying for somebody. It might be a simple text message. It might be a phone call. You, you would not imagine. Hey, right now, that prompting you feel, that's not the devil. Right now, as I'm talking, you go, oh man, I need to call somebody. I need to Don't put it off. That's the Lord prompting you to refresh somebody, and then the Lord himself will refresh you. 
Hey, man, y'all have a great day. I uh, might see you back here tomorrow. Remember, love is the lesson. Ministry is the mandate. Refreshment is the result. John chapter 13.